0: From St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air.
1: Like if I had my own private property, could I bury
2: my loved one Is this property going to be in your family's uh, possession for longer than the next 20 years?
0: Well, aquamation also is called uh, flameless, could be called flameless cremation. Uh, It is when you use water and then they add alkali to it and it speeds up the the decomposition process. Green
2: burial, otherwise known as natural burial to some, is burial in a biodegradable container, such as maybe a linen or silk shroud, a simple pine box, or maybe a wicker casket, something of that nature. The body is unembalmed, and the goal is for the individual to return to the earth as expeditiously as possible.
1: I'm Sarah Fenton, How we choose to honor our deceased loved ones is greatly affected by culture, past experiences, and even the current state of the country like we saw during the pandemic. Traditional burial methods, which includes a coffin with a loved one dressed in a formal wear, are still popular with families, but today there are more options that go beyond cremation and embalming. Here with us in the studio to talk about so-called alternative burial methods is Bell Fountain Funeral Director Gracie Griffin. Gracie, thank you for coming.
2: Thanks for inviting
1: me. And also joining us is Timothy Johnson, who owns Foundation Cremation in De Pair. Timothy, also, thank you for coming.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: So Timothy, let's start with you. Most people consider two options for their loved ones after they die, cremation or traditional embalming or burial. What's the breakdown of what people are choosing today and how has it been changing?
0: Well, as you stated, there's normally a traditional um, burial that includes a casket and then you also have the option of cremation. What I've seen trending lately, if you look at I think a most recent study I've seen from Missouri Department of Health In the state of Missouri, we average about 60,000 deaths a year, Um, just shy of 50% of those are cremations. Mm -hmm. Um, By 2030, those projections are supposed to be around 60%. So cremations are on the upward trend.
1: Mm -hmm. And also, Gracie, people are discovering other options besides those two. Uh, I've heard about alternative burials called green burials. What do they mean when they talk about an alternative burial?
2: Well, sure, so green burial, otherwise known as natural burial to some, is burial in a biodegradable container such as maybe a linen or silk shroud, a simple pine box, or maybe a wicker casket, something of that nature. The body is unembalmed, and the goal is for the individual to return to the earth as expeditiously as possible. So there's no vault involved in the process. And um, it's relatively non-invasive.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've also heard about something called aquamation. Does, Timothy, I think you might have heard about that. Is that correct?
0: Yes. Yes, I have.
1: Tell us what aquamation is. Well, well
0: aquamation also is called uh, flameless, could be called flameless cremation. Uh, it is when you use water and then they add an alkali to it. And it speeds up the, the decomposition process. And it takes probably about 10 to 12 hours. And it kind of mimics. The natural de- decomposition process, and it's a more cost it's not a more cost effective but it's a more environmentally friendly um, method of of uh, decomposition mm-hmm.
1: so what I'm hearing with these alternative methods is it's a little bit it sounds like it's a little bit more hands off both of you use the term natural. So what's the attraction there? And I can, uh, Gracie, let's start with you. When we're looking at these alternatives, what's the attraction to these these sort of more natural, less invasive, or I don't know if I want to say invasive, but uh, let's just say alternative. What's the attraction for, for families there?
2: Well, so I think that people who... Um well, I think for a very long time, people didn't realize that there was a different way to be buried other than the traditional way. They're aware of cremation, um, which is very different from burial. But a lot of times folks don't like the idea of um, of being embalmed. They don't like the idea of having a vault necessarily. And I think that this kind of started with folks looking for something different from the traditional and then learning about this process that is indeed more natural But something that's unique to Green Burial specifically is that it really allows the family an opportunity to be involved and control the process in some ways um, that normally they wouldn't be able to do. Um, The funeral director's role oftentimes is more to manage the process for them and give families a little bit more choice. And I think that's appealing to people, you know, in these days of the Internet Folks have had uh, a greater opportunity to be able to go out and seek information on their own. They're not relying on funeral professionals necessarily anymore. And I think that, Tim, I hope you might agree that that might be part of the reason for the upward trend in cremation as well as in green burial.
0: Yes, yes, I agree.
2: Right. It sounds like
1: there's a lot of changes going on in how people think about death and burial and funerals. And Tim, can you talk a little bit about that? Like we're seeing such like you said, a change in how people feel about cremation, how attractive it is to people. What do you think is behind that trend?
0: I think the more, more access to information, mm-hmm. the more information you have, like Gracie said, then you can make an informed decision on the options that you have available. I think personally for me, COVID uh, changed a lot of people's negative connotations toward cremation. Unfortunately, a lot of families didn't have a choice on whether their loved one was cremated or not. And a lot of families that wouldn't have normally chosen cremation were forced to choose it. And then afterwards, seen it as a viable option going forward for their families.
1: Mm-hmm. Why would the pandemic make people choose cremation or, or make that the only available option?
0: Well, there were certain situations in where the family members were not allowed to be with their loved ones in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And then they weren't allowed to see them after they passed. They would go directly from the hospital straight to the funeral home or to the crematory in a lot of cases Mm -hmm. for fear of transmission when it first began.
1: Yeah, right. That was hard on a lot of people. It was. Yeah. And so with um, Gracie, you talked about with natural burial and green burial, the family is the opposite way. They get to actually sort of be there with the body and and be more involved. Can you talk a little bit about how that works?
2: Oh, absolutely. So um, this, you know, It's really interesting because when Bell Fountain started providing green burials to people, we really obviously expected um, folks to be drawn in by the fact that it's more environmentally friendly, but we didn't necessarily predict um, just how much power it would give the family in the process. I think a lot of people when someone dies, I, I think we've all been there before where you're just sitting around. There's a lot of Mm -hmm. sitting. There's a lot of casserole eating. There's very little um, opportunity for people to feel in control and to manage their feelings. And with something like a green burial, folks are able to actually, you know, in our case, pull the body on a cart from, you know, our chapel to the grave space. They're able to lower their loved one if they wish to in the grave. They're Mm -hmm. able to blanket them in greens and flowers after the lowering takes place. They can even fill in the grave a little bit. So it really gives people something not only physical to do, to get rid of some of that um, energy, but it empowers them. And I I think that that's really really appealing to people.
1: Right. I remember when my mom died, I was like, just give me something to do because between the death and the the. The burial, I guess, or she was cremated. But it was like a lot of sitting around, like you said. And I remember cleaning my bathroom and just being like, I need something to do with my hands. And so I think the planning that goes into things can actually be really therapeutic for families that are dealing with a death of someone that they love a lot. Right, Tim?
0: Correct, correct. <laughs>
1: The first thing I'm immediately thinking, though, about green burials are if you just sort of wrap a body in a sheet and put it in the ground is, and I'm sure you get this question all the time, is that allowed? Like, what are the rules around what needs to be done to people before they're, for example, taken to a cemetery?
2: So the rules can be a little bit complex um, and the laws can be a little bit complex. But suffice it to say that. Families are allowed to provide their own burial containers. Uh, one of the things that we encourage folks to keep in mind is that you have to consider logistics and your funeral director will um, help convey the situation that might arise, you know, situations that might arise at, at the cemetery. You need to be able to lower your loved one. You want to be sure that you are um, encasing them in a way that's going to be respectful and that manages um all of the possibilities that can that can arise with death. Um, but yeah, we have had plenty of people who have constructed their own pine caskets, for example. Um, mm-hmm. There are lots of things that folks can do. If they're interested in doing so um, and creating something on their own, we highly encourage them to consider doing so in advance. It might not be the time to learn to be a woodworker Immediately upon someone's death.
1: (laughs) Right. You got to learn it really fast. (laughs) Indeed. And so um, you mentioned that you do these kinds of burials at Bell Fountain. Where are people who choose this, this method ultimately buried? Like if I had my own private property, could I bury my loved
2: one there? So I always, my pat answer on that is to always check with the zoning commission (laughs) in the area in which you live. As an individual who works at a a cemetery, I can definitely give you the lowdown on where you could be buried within our cemetery and also... also things to look for that other cemeteries um, should have in order for you to know that they're going to be able to facilitate a green burial. Mm -hmm. But if you're interested in burying on your own private property, I would challenge you to keep a couple of things in mind. Number one, is this property going to be in your family's uh, possession for longer than the next 20 years? You know, you um, want to keep that kind of information well at hand. So
1: hmm Let's talk about funeral costs. Um, they can add up, as any family who's dealt with this can say. We learned during a previous conversation on St. Louis on the Air how it's usually families with little disposable income that spend the most extravagant amounts on uh, homegoing celebrations. Why do you think that is, and how can a family's culture play into that? Timothy, let's go to you.
0: Unfortunately, it's something that I have become accustomed to seeing, um, I think that I would like to say that we have seen a trend of GoFundMe has mm-hmm. becoming kind of like the default insurance policy, mm-hmm. um, which I I love that the community rallies around those in need, but that should not be our go-to. Mm-hmm. Um, pre-planning it, it relieves stress. It is um, it is is imperative for you to do. Uh, I cannot talk about how the families I've served that family members had insurance or pre-planned, how, how beneficial it was to their grieving process and ultimately reaching closure.
1: Mm-hmm. And I know some people don't want to even discuss that, even if somebody is is very clearly nearing death. Uh, a lot of times I'll hear, oh, I don't want to invite those thoughts Superstitious
0: in. or yeah. cultural reason.
1: Can you talk a little bit about that?
0: Unfortunately, some people, I have some family members that believe in speaking about it, um superstitially will hasten it or bring it on mm-hmm. um, I believe some of those things are just childhood beliefs or family um, belief systems or just superstition, like I said unfortunately um but you know the more the more you're informed and the more you see firsthand how it benefits your family. um I have a friend who's a financial advisor, and he I wasn't as prepared as I should be, mm-hmm. and he I definitely brought to my attention how the areas that I could definitely benefit my family by Mm pre-planning.
1: A few weeks ago, we had a conversation about the death positive movement. And that movement is all about making the conversation about death less scary, less taboo, making it more of a habit to talk about. Um, These conversations are your careers. How would you recommend someone eases into talking about that with some of their loved ones? Like, uh, Gracie, let's go to you.
2: Oh, talking about death with yeah, uh, just your saying,
1: loved ones. Hey, we need to we need to make a plan, and they're like,
2: "No, like." Hey, listen. <laughs> it's never it's never an easy conversation to have. Um, I always let parents uh, of of children, and oftentimes it's parents of adult children, and uh, they say, "I tried to talk to my kids about this, and they put their fingers in their ears, and they didn't want to hear anything <laughs> about it." And uh, my response is usually, "Listen." You've got to let them know. You have to let them know where the information is in your home. You have to put it in an accessible location. You have to put it in your wallet so that people can know. And also, just let your kids know what you want, what your wishes are. They might not necessarily be very responsive in the conversation, but they will appreciate it when the time comes because they will look back and, and realize that they know how to honor you, and that brings a lot of comfort. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Let's go back to alternative
1: burial methods. Um, We've been talking about costs. Would a so-called green burial be less expensive than, for example, a traditional burial with a coffin and a vault?
2: Absolutely. Typically it is less expensive. Um, You're not paying for a vault. Again, you're not paying for an extravagant casket you are typically not doing that evening viewing or visitation. Um, It's pared down, but it's no less beautiful. I would say that's the component that's really challenging to convey to people that they're not getting less of a positive experience, but there are fewer line items to pay for. Um, So it can definitely be something that's very appealing to those who are interested in, in full burial. I do often say to folks, though, hey, listen, if cost is your number one factor, cremation, as Tim will tell you, gives you the most flexibility with time as well. So Mm -hmm. it's a very personal choice.
1: Right. Right. And Tim, I was going to ask you about that. When you said that cremation is becoming more and more popular, do you think cost is a part of that? And how does, or well, I'll start by asking, like, how does cremation, the cost of cremation compare with buying a, a, a coffin or a casket, because I know those can be just astronomically expensive sometimes.
0: It's extremely cost effective for a family to choose cremation over traditional funeral burial. Um, but on the flip side, aquamation, which is the green mm-hmm. you know, option to cremation, can be a, a a little bit more than a traditional cremation, but that appeals to those people that have, you know, the environment in mind and are worried about carbon footprints and greenhouse gases mm-hmm. and such. Um, but you do definitely do save money um, by going the cremation route with the memorial service.
1: I'm going to ask a little bit more about this aquamation, mm-hmm. and so do you see people coming into your business and asking for for that option and asking if you if you know how to make it happen?
0: Not as much, but I, I do believe that in the near future that will begin to uptrend. Mm-hmm. Um, aquamation has really been available to funeral service providers for about a decade mm-hmm. or so. So it's really fairly new. And like we said, information and being informed will give you options that you're aware of. A lot of people are just not aware that, that it's an option and it's something they could do. Uh, mm-hmm. I pers- personally, I'm going to be directly cremated. My wife knows my, my wishes and my children as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but the more I learned about aquamation, I'm leaning towards that. So that's probably what I'm going to be doing for myself.
1: What's the... um. What's the attraction for you when you think about that? When you, when you, it sounded like you had a plan and you're kind of reconsidering. What's making you reconsider?
0: Oh, when I just learned about um, how, how, you know, regular cremation affects the environment and um, pollution and greenhouse gases. And then also um, you do get more of yourself. That's a a good way of, nice way of saying it. Return to you or your family um, once you do the aquamation route as opposed to cremation with the flame.
1: Very interesting. Uh, Gracie, I'll let you um, get the last word here. Uh, Any final thoughts for people who
2: might be considering this kind of uh, burial? Folks, there's so much information out there. I highly recommend that people um, do their research online. It it can be an incredibly powerful tool, the Internet. Um, Also, the Green Burial Council website, and just type Mm -hmm. that into Google and you'll find it. Uh, really offers a lot of information uh, and resources to people who are just looking to really gather. It also lists all of the certified green burial cemeteries all across the United States, so definitely a great place to visit. Great.
1: Well, Gracie Griffin, uh, Griffin and uh, Timothy Johnson, thank you so thank you. much for thank joining for us here me. today.
2: Was produced by Maya Norfleet. Our production intern is Avery Rogers. Audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr.
1: Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis.
2: Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more.